just use this sword. Good morning, everyone. Morning. It's nice to be back again. I always uh, relate to this as home. Uh, you know, Jesus touched ten lepers. And I'll share a bit about leprosy as part of our PowerPoint presentation. But he touched ten lepers, but only one came back to say thank you. Now I find that hard. When you have seen, and you'll see in a minute, leprosy and how desperate that disease is, yet only one comes back to say thank you. And I've come back here to say thank you, a big thank you. Because this church and your pastor and his wife and your elders and leaders are very much in partnership with us and behind us. And if we were working together, and we appreciate that. We can't do what we're doing without you behind us. And we praise God for, uh, for David and his wife being behind us so many years. Uh, it's very long years. <laughs> and we appreciate their ministry and they appreciate our ministry. And it's wonderful to be together in the Lord's work and encouraging each other. And so I've come this morning to say thank you for your prayers. Because we have proved over and over and over again that God answers prayers. And thank you for your giving and your support and your encouragement to us. We appreciate that. Just before I start my presentation, I want to turn a few verses to Scripture. In Luke chapter 24, we've just celebrated the, uh, the, uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus goes and he meets with his disciples just after the resurrection. And as he meets with his disciples, he says these things to his disciples in Luke 24 and verse 45 to 49. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures that he told them. This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you're witnesses of these things. And I'm going to send you uh, my father, who's been promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Here Jesus says to his disciples that he had to die, that he had to suffer, in order that repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached in his name to all nations. To all nations. I think I've had a, a, a privilege of ministering to about 25 nations, but here to preach forgiveness of sins and repentance to all nations. And our motto is we want the world to know Jesus. And we're involved in a number of areas of ministry, uh, but the key area that we want to focus today is our overseas ministry program. Our overseas ministry program is assisting the national church to fulfill the great commission. And as part of our overseas ministry program, we're providing training and evangelism and ministry support to the national church. We're working in partnership with key leaders from different parts of the world. I think today we have about 20 uh, uh, associates and partnership ministries that we have partnership with. We'll just go through a few of those very quickly. There's only a few. Uh, Pastor Varghese and Indian Christian Fellowship in, uh, in Adamant Islands. And then we have Dr. Timothy Mang uh, from Myanmar, Burma, who I was with a few, uh, about a month ago, doing tremendous and uh, really being blessed by the openness that's happening at the moment in the country. And then we have um, Dr. Stephen Devakumar from India, who'll be with me at the end of the month, uh, who has 66 churches and pastors who's looking under his care. And then we have Pastor Johan Kusumanto, I think we've had Johan here, uh, from Hong Kong, China, doing a tremendous work and a radio ministry every day into 90 different countries into the Muslim world. And then with Pastor Shures, I think he's been here as well, uh, from Harvest Ministries in Northeast India. He had a, car, a motorbike accident about two weeks ago, but he's now coming on and recovering and doing very well and still translating the Bible. And with uh, Reverend James Back from South Sudan, and there are many others. That's just a few. 
But over the past 10 years, we have sponsored leadership seminars in different parts of the world. And the aim of these leadership seminars is to bring leaders together for prayer, fellowship, and ministry of the word. We're going to show you a few countries that we've been, India, um, Andaman Islands, which is off the Indian coast, uh, Philippines, uh, Tanzania, uh, uh, Myanmar, and Benin. Somebody said to me the other day, where is Benin? Uh, Benin, or Benin, some people pronounce it, is West Africa. And we provide a meal which gives the pastors the opportunity to talk and have fellowship together. And again, you're going to see a few of these places that we have provided meals. There's your Sunday lunch on your banana leaf. It's good for the ladies because you don't have to wash the dishes. And then we have Burkina Faso and then also uh, in, Tanz- in, in Myanmar. They're a bit more sophisticated. They've got uh, wee bowls. But uh, three pound enables us now to provide a meal for the pastors. Then we go on to our leadership seminars. Ten years ago, uh, God led us to start these leadership seminars. And we've been blessed, and God has used them mightily, and it's been tremendous. Our ministry team has uh, conducted leadership seminars in different parts of the world. Uh, and we're hoping to sponsor. We are inundated with applic- uh, with. Uh, request to do leadership seminars in various countries and also to go back to the countries and our partnerships that we have. Um, but the reason I want to uh, take you on a trip that I, I uh, had the privilege of doing in November, December uh, last year uh, to Josiah, to Kenya and then to Sudan. This was a unique trip in the sense, normally I take uh, John DeVille, who's our representative in Derbyshire, who's been travelling with me since 1999. But this is the first time I took uh, a national with me from another country. I took uh, Pastor Tibor Slovak uh, from Hungary with me. And then I took Pastor Josiah up to Sudan. With it, um, we were working the first... uh, uh, time we were working with the um, African Divine Church, uh, and this is a it's a Pentecostal movement. It's a new denomination, and this is the bishop uh, of that denomination. We had 650 pastors turned up for this. In fact, we couldn't get them all. And the next slide shows you outside, and then the next one shows you them all together. And we had them uh, for two days uh, on a leadership seminar. That was absolutely tremendous. And this is the Church of Peace in Africa uh, leaders, uh, uh, Josiah myself and then these two uh, are the leaders. But the two men beside them are the next generation of leaders. Uh, at the far side of Simon and Tom, I met Tom when he was 15, because uh, I was, Yvonne and I went, uh, we met Pastor Josiah in 1978. Then in 1979 we spent three months in Kenya and three weeks was that was with Josiah. And then uh, we brought Josiah back again in 1981. In fact, Josiah was with us for three months. He was with us the first three months of Yvonne and I actually going full-time into the ministry. So we've had a very close uh, relationship together. And this is then the, the, um, uh, uh, the, uh, this is the Church of Peace in Africa. And we had again two days with them. Then we move from the leadership seminar uh, to the Bible teaching ministry. I don't normally talk about the Bible teaching ministry, but there's a reason. You'll, you'll get the reason in a minute. Our Bible teaching ministry is providing sound biblical teaching through distance learning to Christians around the world. And this is the biggest need in the Christian church today worldwide is good, solid Bible teaching. And we have a Christian education program, women's study program, certificate in biblical studies and the leadership study program. And all the books and the study courses are sent free of charge all around the world. And you imagine an African pastor or an Asian pastor, and usually the only thing that they have is their, is their Bible. But once they finish all of their courses, they end up with their own study, uh, own study books of 40, 50 books to help them in their ministry. And this is a very special slide. Because Josiah has uh, planted over 40 churches. He's been in pioneer work and been a Bible college principal and a pastor. And when he was doing pioneer work, he met this couple and he led this couple to Jesus. Uh, Eric and um, Dorcas. And they, he introduced them to our Bible teaching ministry and they started doing our courses. Uh, today they've done all our courses now they're pastors. And 
he'd, we'd sent his certificate to him, but it was never officially presented to him. So I had the privilege of presenting his certificate to him all these years later. And uh, This is a, another special friend uh, who I met in 1979, uh, uh, Pastor Jonah. We said to Josiah, is there a young man that you would like to, for us to bring to the Northern Ireland to train? And this young man had just started with Josiah, way out in Lake Victoria in the islands. And we met him and his wife. And so he came for, for uh, six months or nine months with us. And today he is the vice president of the uh, African Land Church in the region that Josiah is the chairman. And so it was a real privilege to meet them again. You know, it's, it's your prayers and your support that makes things like this happen. We don't realize the impact that our ministry is having all those years ago, just in, in the background, going on, and these people are being blessed. We have a, a project that we want to assist Josiah's ministry. We're involved in helping Bible colleges, resources. Uh, we have so many books, so we want to provide books for Bible colleges that Josiah is involved with. We've already provided books to one Bible college uh, with Josiah, but we want to provide uh, to another two Bible colleges in his area to help them. Then we go to uh, South Sudan. I took Pastor Josiah with me to South Sudan. Uh, South Sudan is a totally different country to Kenya. Kenya have plenty of green grass, trees and fruit. and get all sorts of fruit in Kenya. We hadn't one single fruit in Sudan. Sudan is now two countries, the north and the south. And South Sudan became a country of the United Nations on the 9th of July last year. And uh, you have predominantly Christian and predominantly Muslim. And they're still fighting on the border. It's still not uh, solved yet. We work with the Sudan, uh, and South Sudan is 6 million people, and the Dinka tribe is the largest people group, uh, 4.5 million people in, South, uh, in the Dinka tribe. They're very tall, they're nomadic, uh, and uh, they travel with their cattle, and their cattle is everything to them. In fact, when you're getting married, and they're very important to them because uh, you have to give so many cattle to your wife's parents, to your wife's father. So uh, the minimum is 40 cattle. But that can go up to 200 cattle. Uh, it depends, one, the more good-looking your wife is, the more cattle you have to give. And the more education, educated she is, the more cattle you have to give. So, David, how many cattle is Sally worth? <laughs> I said to Yvonne one day, how many cattle are you worth? And Yvonne said to me, I'm priceless. <laughs> and this is a typical, there's your washing machine looks after your washing, and you can see the air is just totally dry and desolate. Uh, but uh, this is a key slide to these people, water, uh, a big thing. And this whale, these ladies had to walk miles to get to that whale. But they passed three, if not four, whales that were, uh, and the pumps had broken down. And so they had to walk miles and miles just to get water. Very important to them. This is your local market. Uh, and in the pots, that's your, your lunch cooking. You don't want to lift those lids, I can assure you. Uh, this next slide is the slide I was talking about. Uh, this is the first time in my life I have had the privilege of going to a leprosy colony. And this colony was a whole massive, it went for miles and miles and miles and, and it was all cordoned off. But then each each person had their family. So there was one family here, one family there, one family there in different huts. And so they had their family together. And this man here in the green, he was lying against a, a tree, just lying down. And I came and I approached him, and he could hardly stand, very badly deformed. And I shouted at him, Shirak! Well, it was like giving him a million pounds. Shirak means, hello, how are you? Or in Belfast, what about you? Shirak! Well, his face lit up, and he got up, he could hardly stand, and we were shouting, and they jump, and, and they get all excited, you know, and uh, then this man heard the commotion, and came over, he's totally blind, but he grabs my hand, and he starts shouting, Shirak, 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 and jumping, they were so delighted that someone had taken the opportunity and the privilege just coming to visit them, very few people ever go and visit them in that Conley. And we're working with this pastor, Bishop Moses, with the Anglican Church in Sudan. And this is his compound. This is a cathedral compound. And it looks uh, great. Six weeks before that slide was taken, 
There's two schools in this compound. And six weeks before it, all these young people um, were, decided to have a protest, a quiet protest that they wouldn't go into lessons. And they walked about the compound with placards, not making much noise, not disrupting anything. Uh, and it said, where is our development? Because all this development is coming into Sudan, but where is it? It's not affecting these children, these young people. And behind the compound, uh, behind the compound, the, the governor's house was on like a hill, and he could see right into the compound. And he ordered the army to come into the compound and put 40 canisters of tear gas into that compound. The kids, 11-year-olds, the 15-year-olds. And then he gave the order to open fire. And I think uh, 40 were killed and so many injured. And minutes later, he gets in a helicopter, a private helicopter, and goes to Nairobi and stays in Nairobi 68 weeks. And he is getting 22 million Sudanese pounds, which is about 120 million US dollars, probably 80,000, 80, 80, 80 million pounds for doing what? Keeping the development, keeping the money. He's not putting the money to these people that haven't got food, haven't got clothes, haven't got jobs, haven't got huts, haven't got houses. That gets me cross. And this is Josiah. This is, we had uh, 27 pastors with Sudanese. Um, none of these pastors have ever been to Bible school. And here's, but this slide here gives me excitement because I think you knew the project that we had providing the New Testament uh, for the first time, the Dinka Rack New Testament. We provided, I think, over oh, 4,000. And here are some of the pastors who have now got it in their own language, studying and being at the seminar with their own Bible in their own language. Uh, and there's, uh, that's a group that we had with us uh, for uh, five days. Uh, uh, the next slide shows you that um, uh, this man here had, had met me when I was there four years ago. And the next slide is the two friends. And these three guys travelled three days on foot to be with us, to be at this seminar, because they were so blessed the last time that they wanted to come back for more. And they're doing their advances to working with an organisation called Alarm in South Sudan. And then we provided bicycles uh, for these pastors. There's 200 pastors in the Wau area. And so far we have provided 150 bicycles uh, to these pastors. Uh, as to date, we've done 4,000 New Testaments. The next one. Yeah, this is the bicycles. That was the first 50 bicycles we provided. Now we've provided 150. And they'd never seen a bicycle before. So they hadn't a clue how to ride a bicycle. And that was quite amazing because they were uh, trying to ride these bicycles and, and falling off them and, and, and riding it and bumping into each other. And it was just amazing to see it there now. That that is a bicycle. A bicycle. It's changing their life. It's helping them uh, to minister and develop their ministry in a tremendous way. What a blessing to know that the investment that we make has eternal values. Then we want to... Uh, help Josiah personally. Uh, I say Josiah is a personal friend of ours uh, and we've been uh, together for a long time. Uh, but he has a problem. I have a major problem with my back, uh, but Josiah has a major problem with his eyes. He has his cataract and he has to have an operation once he goes back to Kenya. Uh, but for us, my mum had her, two, her cataract, her two eyes done. Uh, no problem. It went very well. And didn't cost us anything. But for Josiah, the operation is going to cost £600. Now, we also want to provide Josiah a motorbike. We provided Josiah a motorbike in 1978. It was the very first project we ever, ever undertook was to provide Pastor Josiah O'Gallo. That's over 30 years ago. So you can imagine what the bicycle's like now. Well, in fact, if you want the truth, several years after we provided the bicycle, he had to sell the bicycle to provide for his family, which I didn't know about until a few weeks ago. Um, but we want to provide him with another bicycle. And very quickly, last few slides. If you've got a desire to serve God in mission, 
We have two summer teams this year uh, going to uh, Central and Eastern Europe, a team in July going to Hungary and Serbia, and a team going to India and the Andaman Islands. The Andaman Islands is an incredible place. Uh, I challenge you, encourage you to go. It's right in the middle of the Indian Ocean. It takes four hours flight. It takes a three days boat journey. And there's six unreached people group and uh, mostly Hindu people there and very unreached people. Great opportunity. So we still have some places uh, left for both of these teams. And we're praying that God will uh, uh, provide uh, more people to go on both of these teams. Uh, we do have a leaflet on that. So you can speak to us later. Then we have opportunities. Well, we've gone or no? Next one. Nothing? Lost him? Oh, yeah. We still have uh, uh, more opportunities for full-time or part-time with our schools work, our mission awareness, administration, finance and editing, and Bible study program, uh, IT communication, and also church and area representatives. And if you want more, find out on our website or you can talk to me. And then uh, if you keep the next slide on with Josiah. Just before Josiah comes, uh, we do have an urgent prayer request. Uh, I seem to come, every time I come, I seem to have urgent prayer requests. <laughs> That's just the nature of the work. Uh, sometimes uh, things is going well and we don't have urgent prayer, but we do have one at the moment. Uh, and it's to do with our office manager, Andrea Gratton, has been with us 10 years. She's been full-time eight years. And as you know, we all live by faith and we trust the Lord to provide our needs. Well, Andrea has come into a crisis point at the moment. In fact, we only have enough support uh, to... Uh, pay for her support in April. We haven't enough to give her support in May. We can't do without our office manager, but we desperately need people to pray that God will raise up people to support her either one-off gifts or on a regular basis. Uh, what has happened, and it does happen from time to time, uh, that our supporters die or uh, circumstances change and people have to stop for various reasons, and that's the situation we are with Andrea. But you can take a leaflet about it later. And there's a leaflet about our uh, summer programs. And we also have two leaflets on our overseas ministry program and our leadership seminars all on the table. We've also other things on the table, artifacts. They're not for sale, by the way. Everybody keeps asking me, can they buy them? Uh, uh, no, they're not for sale. <laughs> Three books. Uh, all to do with Africa. Uh, one is by Dr. Helen Roosevelt. Some of you, maybe all of you, maybe know of Dr. Helen Roosevelt. If you've never heard of Dr. Helen Roosevelt and never read her book, you must buy her book. She spent 40 years in the jungles of the Congo. Uh, she was beaten. Uh, she was raped. She was all sorts of things, but doing tremendous work. She's 84 years of age. I heard her speak two weeks ago, and she's still on fire for Jesus. Uh, Great uh, story we have at a special price at £6.50. Josiah is the chairman of the African Land Church uh, in the Western Province region, which was founded originally by Africa Inland Mission. And one of the pioneers of Africa Inland Mission is a dear friend of ours, is Dr. Dick Anderson. I, and he, he started a ministry in Turkana with a, one of the unreached people groups in Kenya. And we spent three weeks in Turkana, and this is a great book, uh, Fire in My Bones, by Dr. Bill Anderson. Now, you've all heard of the Maasai tribe. Put your hand up if you haven't heard of the Maasai. You need to go into Google or into, and listen about the Maasai. It's the most well-known tribe around the world. But one of the problems with the Maasai, when their children are born, and if they're born with any uh, uh, deformity, they're left to the side. In fact, they're thrown at the wayside, and that's just it. But this girl, Georgie Orm, a Scotch girl, uh, we spent three weeks with Georgie Orm, and she charted a child care centre. And she got all these young people together who couldn't walk, uh, who were very badly deformed, and now she has got them walking with crutches and calipers and everything, doing a tremendous ministry, and that's her book. And we have it as special promotion at £6.50, a great story occurring for Kenyan's children. Uh, so just hand it over now to Pastor Josiah. Oh, sorry, David's going to say something. Uh, you can put those lights on, fellas. I don't think, Clifford, I need to hold a committee meeting for this. But, but I think that we want to buy this man a motorbike. All right, so, where are you, Thomas? So today, we'll give you a check, £1,000 to get this man his motorbike. All right? Want to do that? Okay. Yeah, 
Praise the Lord. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, I'm very pleased to worship with you. I've been around. I've been going around with Tom. And we have been sharing from the word, from the work. And I always start with three reasons why the Lord brought me over to see you. The first one, as Tom said, we must thank you for your prayer and support throughout the years. So I'm here to say thank you. Uh, secondly, I am here to share with you the results of your prayers throughout the years. What the Lord is doing in my country, what the Lord has done, and what we hope to do. Third, I am here to share some of the prayer items for you to add on your prayer list that you may continue to pray for us as we serve the Lord. Before that, I would like to share from the scripture. Then I will come to that. I am going to ask Philip to read for us Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 15 to 20. Matthew 28 and verse 16. To 20. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I thank you. Before I came here, I was giving series on resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that my last sermon was from Matthew uh, 28, verse 16 to, six, uh, to 20. Well, this is a well-known part of the scripture. Some people have memorized it, and some people have read it repeatedly. I would like to look at this, as these uh, verses that Jesus spoke to his disciples after his resurrection. And I would summarize the verses like this. Jesus' way forward. Jesus' way forward after his resurrection for his people rose to his people. His people, I mean his disciples. His people, I mean those who have received him as their personal savior. People, I mean his people, I mean the, his church. <coughs> Jesus is speaking to his people. And let us see. Three reasons or some reasons why he spoke to them. Jesus did not speak to this group of people because just they were his disciples. Jesus spoke to these people because these people were present, according to verse 16. Jesus sent a message, called them, sent a message to them. They received the message. They obeyed the message. They went to Galilee. And they met Jesus. And this enabled them, enabled Jesus to speak to them. 
You see, you can be a Christian for many years. But when you are not available, when you are not close to the Lord, God will not use you. You may come to the church for many years, but unless you come closer to the Lord, unless you obey his voice, unless you come to him through faith, he will not use you. That is the first reason. So the first reason was that is that Jesus spoke to them because they were presence. Now I'm speaking to you because you are presence. You are here. You left your home. You left your work. You see? And you said, I'm going to the church to worship the, the Lord. And this enables us. This is a big encouragement to your pastor. This is a very big encouragement to your church leaders, deacons and elders. And it's an encouragement to one another. Because without you, there is no, this, there is no church here. And because of your presence, there is a church. And people are able to come. And you are able to pray for us. And you are able to support us. Without you, as Tom said, there is nothing. Without you, as Tom said, there is no logos. Without you, as Tom said, there are no other missionaries. Another sister is coming from, from Philippians, isn't it? Uh, your daughter is coming. Uh, 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 you are, the pastor's daughter is coming from the place she's working, serving the Lord. He will be coming. He, she also will come here to see you. When she will see you, she will be encouraged. Without you, there is no encouragement. So we praise the Lord for you. You love the Lord. Because of your love, the, your, your love to the Lord, we are able to come here. So the, the, the first reason why Jesus sent this group of people was because they were present. They were there where they were needed. They obeyed the call. They came. Then as we go along, as we see in verse 17, yes, you may be present. Yes, you may come to the church. But in verse 17, the second reason, the verse says, they worshipped him. In other words, they submitted their lives. They did not only come to see Jesus, but when they came, they submitted their lives to the Lord. They surrendered, if you want. They surrendered their lives to the Lord. Or, let me say, they opened their hearts to the Lord. Or, let me say, they exchanged. You know, worship means to exchange gifts with God. Worship means to exchange your gifts with the Lord. Isaiah, for instance, he went to the temple to worship. He obeyed the call. He went and he exchanged his gifts with the Lord. What gifts? Isaiah gave the Lord his sinfulness life. Gave himself to the Lord. And the Lord, what did the Lord give him? His holiness. So worship God. These people, they went to Galilee. They did not only went, but they worshipped the Lord. So the question is, yes, you have done very well. You left your home. You left your work. You left everything. You come to, to the church. And you have been doing this always. Have you surrendered your life to the Lord? Have you submitted your life to the Lord? Have you exchanged gifts with the Lord? This is the question this morning. Yes, you have done right. That is the second reason. When they opened their hearts to the Lord, Jesus sent them. Jesus will not send you 
Jesus will not use you until you surrender your life. Until you surrender your life, you submit, you open your hearts, your heart for the Lord to come in. Then as in verse 17b, we see one word. It says, but some doubted. But some doubted. The reason that is included, you see in Mark chapter 16, verse 14, Jesus rebuked his disciples because of lack of faith. He rebuked them. But here it says, but some doubted. This reminds us of the greatest enemy of the gospel. Of the greatest enemy of the gospel. What is it? They doubted. You see, these people were like, I can go to the doctor And I tell the doctor, yes, I've come, I'm sick, but I doubt whether you can heal me, you can treat me. You see, I know I'm sick, but I doubt, I'm telling the doctor, I doubt whether you can treat me. What do you think the doctor will say? He may tell me, okay, you sit there, let me finish with these people, I will see you later. So that he can carry on with, this, with his work. Though some people doubted, this, this did not hinder Christ to carry on with his work. He did not say anything. So I think to us Christians, this is the best way to deal with, uh, with unbelievers, with the doubting people. We don't need to waste time with them, but to give them time. You see? To pray for them, give them time, we carry on with some other works. The doubting Thomases. You see, some years ago, I was here in London Institute. I was with Dr. Uh, Dr. John Stott. There was a lady with us, and this lady shared something with me. She said, Josiah, I'm very sad. I received Christ. I received Christ many years, uh, about five years ago, but I have been discouraged. And I said, how? And she, she said, by the church leaders and other Christians. You see, I work with the BBC. But whenever I go to the church, church leaders ask asks me for bad friendship. They ask me to be their friend. And wherever church I've gone. You see, well, that is not you. Maybe that is him. But the question comes, have you surrendered your life as a Christian to the Lord? Then I said, well, are you sure you are a Christian? Are you sure you are a Christian? And she said, yes, I think I'm a Christian. Are you, do you think you are a Christian or you are sure you are a Christian? Yes, I think I'm a Christian. Are you sure you are a Christian? And finally, she said, yes, I am a Christian. And I said, if you are a Christian, what has the Lord done to you in your life? that you can share with others. And finally, let me summarize what I said to her. I said, 
from today, next week, go to the first church and testify of what the Lord has done in your heart. The first church you went to, go and testify of your faith. Go and share what the Lord has done in your life. So that these people may know you are a Christian. Well, what I'm trying to say, the doubting Christians, sometimes they, are not, they have not received Christ. And they become problems among the people. They are like a fig tree we read of in the New Testament, which had green leaves without fruit. So it is my prayer, it is my prayer that the Lord may enable you to surrender your life totally to the Lord and become one of his children, one of his people. Then when we go to verse 18, it says, and the Lord said, all power in heaven and earth. That is the third reason. All power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go ye, go, go and preach the gospel. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ has power to fill up the gap which had been between you and your God, which is between you and your friends. He's able to fill that gap to make you one, to make you worship together, work together, praise the Lord together. He's able. He has all power to do that. And we praise him for that. Then Jesus says in verse 19, Go, therefore, go to all nations and preach the gospel. Go to, the, to all nations and preach the gospel. Well, the question may come, how can, we go to all, how can I go to all nations and preach the gospel? I'm going to give you an example. One of the ways, some ways that we can use to go to reach all nations. Well, when I was coming, I was on a plane. And there was a mother with a small girl, three years to four years this small girl on the train on, on, on the plane began to sing Jesus Jesus loves me this I know on the plane the mother tried to stop the child the child refused to stop you see and some people told the, told the mother let the child praise God let the child praise God some two mothers. Let her sing. And you see, the, the child, the, 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 the girl kept, kept on singing. Went on singing. And do you know what happened? Brothers, all people on the plane praised God. First, I think the Pentecostals <laughs> said, Hallelujah, praise God. You see? And other people, other Christians, Baptists or what, shook their hand, uh, heads and said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> what about the Islams? Some people stood. Huh? I thought they were Islams. And they watched the girl. I'm speaking about how we can reach nations. This small girl, this small girl sang to different nations. 
on the plane. Well, what I'm trying to do through that example, that this mother of the girl reached, reached on that day on the plane so many nations through her daughter. You see, not only that, when we go to the Bible, John chapter 6, the small boy who had small bread, small fish, and the Lord used that bread, the fish, to feed how many people? Five. You see, the, the, the disciples were defeated. Philip said, no, it is impossible. We have just small money. Huh? The money we have cannot feed the multitude. But by, good, by, by God's will, by God's will, Andrew came with this boy. And Andrew said, there is a boy here with small food. You see the importance of young people. In my, in my tribe, in the past year, in, 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 the, in the past years, when the mother wanted to start a fire, they, she, they, were, they are using small Sticks. They use small sticks to start a, to start a fire. Then they will take, bring in the big firewood. You see? But it is very, very difficult for them to start a fire with big firewood. With big woods. So what I'm trying to say is this. Young people or children are very, very important in the life of the church. They are the future of the church. Without them, there is no church tomorrow. And we should praise the Lord for those who are concerned, who those, those who teach Sunday school. We should praise the Lord and encourage the people who work with youth. Some years ago, I was in Liverpool, and I worshipped in one of the churches there. But when I was in England, I was told, this church now is being sold. Because the people worship in now cannot afford the payments to, to keep it. And the reason why, the young people were not introduced. The young people were not going to the church. You see? So that church is not going on now because the young people are neglected. The, the church not think of the ministry of the young people. They not think of bringing the, uh, the, the, the young people to the church. And this is Satan's method of finishing the church. You see, when the Israelites were, were to come from Egypt, Pharaoh said, you can go, but leave your children and your riches, your things. You can go, but leave the young people. And this is what Satan is doing in the UK. Yes, you can go to worship, but don't mind about your child. Don't mind. You just go. You will get her back when you are back. And they are exposed to so many things. They are lost. If our, our young people can attend sport, so many go to sports, attend sports, isn't it? In this country, they love sports. They love football. They love rugby. And they don't love the church. Why? Because we are not concerned. The only, one of the ways to reach nations is through our children. And they cannot reach nations with the gospel before we reach them with the gospel. Let us pray for that. Let us think about that. Young men's ministry. Let us pray that the Lord may use us to bring our children to the, to the church. Not only your child. Andrew did not, the, the boy was not his child. I don't know how he got the boy, but 
Andrew says there is a boy here, which means the boy was not his son. He did not say there is my son is here with a small food. So pray that the Lord may use you to, get, to bring any child to the church to speak. If one of every one of us can be able to come with one person to the church, this place will be full and you will extend the church. Another way of, re uh, of reaching nations, when last year Tom came to preach the gospel in my area, to work in my area, we praise God. Be, uh, in many years, uh, it was about, when did you come to our area? 1979. 79. Tom stayed with us. Tom stayed with us with, for two weeks, three weeks. And we know Tom very well. On the day he preached to our church, when he, last year, before that day, before that day he preached in our church, he was at our home for breakfast. And my wife knows Tom very well. But on the day Tom preached the word in our church, my wife, during the time he was preaching, my wife came to me and said, no, that is not Tom, that is his brother. Why? Because Tom came with Yvonne and stayed with us. Tom, during that time, Tom could not speak so well. He had a problem with speaking, and Yvonne had to speak. But this time, the Lord used Tom that during his preaching time, my wife could not recognize Tom. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you can reach the nations through praying and encouraging the missionaries. The Lord, I told Salome, that is not Tom now, that is the Lord using Tom. And you will know Tom after he has preached. And this is one of the reasons I said, I, I am here to thank you for your prayers and support. Tom could not preach in our area unless you supported the ministry. You provided. God used you to, used you to provide for his, trans, for his transport, for his fare, for his ticket to enable him to come to share the word with us. Tom could not do it without you encouraging him you are a big encouragement to him. As a result of your prayer, the Lord is using his people to share his people, to share his word. So we thank you very much. We thank you for very much for your love to the Lord that enables you to pray and support us that the gospel may go on. Now, the brother has just said about motorbike. I will be using the motorbike to, to reach people with the gospel. And as I reach them, you reach them with me. As they receive Christ, that is part of your service. As they praise the Lord, you praise the Lord with them. And we say, praise the Lord. When we go to verse 20, verse 20, this verse speaks of the source of our success in the ministry. The source of our success in the ministry. The source of your success in Christianity. What is it? The Lord's presence. The source of our success in the ministry is not academic purpose. It's not just a lot of money, a lot of support. But the source of our success 
in the ministry is the Lord's presence with us. That is the source. That is the encouragement we have. And he's saying, Lo, I am with you until the end of the what? Of the world. Praise God. And this is what I would like you to know that on our own, we cannot. On our own, the ministry is impossible. But with Christ, everything is possible. When we were in Sudan, when we were in Sudan, the Lord blessed his work. In Sudan, churches are full. Churches are full. The first church we worshipped to, there were 400 people. But I was told, we were told, that no, so many people do not turn up today. Our churches are full, but they have no pastors to teach the word. They have no pastors to teach the word. We praise the Lord for your prayers and support. We were there because you are behind us. You are, we were there because you pray for us. And on the last day for us to leave, it was on a Sunday, the Lord, uh, Tom, gave the, 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 the word. And the God used that word. We were all blessed. And one of the men, one of the people who were blessed was a man from Britain. You see? After service, he came to me before he went to Tom. Thank you very much. I'm blessed. I'm revived. I have been here, but I'm not sharing from the Bible. I'm not teaching the Bible. I'm, I'm just been standing for the projects. But today, the Lord has opened my eyes. The Lord has blessed me. I will carry on with the work. He went to, to, to Tom and spoke to him. The man is a well-educated man. The man comes from a very wealthy family. The man stands for, a big, for a big projects in Sudan, but without the gospel. But through God's power, through God's word, the Lord touched his life. What I'm trying to say, you can reach the nations. Kenyan people were there on that Sunday. They were blessed. And people from different tribes. What I'm trying to say is that you can reach nations through sending missionaries, supporting missionaries, supporting God's word work. So I'm saying thank you very much. The Lord bless you as you continue to pray for us, as you continue to pray for the pastor, as you continue to pray for other missionaries, as you continue to serve in your church, and as you continue to reach your family and your uh, <coughs> neighbors with the gospel. Well, in Kenya, I am a pastor. Before I became a pastor, I became a Christian. The Lord, myself, I was not born in a Christian family, but I was born in a non-Christian family. And my parents separated, divorced. They left me when I was six months old with other two sisters of mine. We were left with our grandmother. My two sisters were taken by someone to look after them. But myself, I remained with my grandmother, who was very old. My mother took, to, uh, my grandmother took me to, to a, a PhD, a Pentecostal church, to the elders there on a Sunday, to a Sunday school. And she said, I want you to help my grandchild uh, I'm not able to take him to school because I don't have money. Help him to know how to read. I was 10 years old. 
Well, my, my grandmother was not a Christian. She did not know what science school was. She thought that was a place of teaching people how to read. But I praise the Lord, he took me to the church. The elders then took me to another teacher. They requested the teacher to take me and keep me and teach me how to read. The teacher accepted. He helped me for a while. Then the, 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 the pupils in that school where he was teaching were transferred to another school. He, he also was transferred. I went to my grandmother. My grandmother took me to another home where I met a pastor uh, and the, uh, who came to visit the, the people there. He requested the people there that he could take me. This pastor requested the people to whom my grandmother took me to, if he could take me to his home, help me to know how to read, and see what will happen. This person, these people are accepted. This pastor took me to his home. He tried to help me to know how to read. After a while, this pastor took me to a missionary. He thought that the missionary could take me. Uh, there was a Bible school nearby where, where some people were, were trained. He thought that the missionary could recommend me to go to the Bible school where I could be taught how to read. Well, the missionary refused because I was so young. He said, no, he's very young. He cannot carry on. You go back. Well, he sent me back. I, I, went, I, uh, I went to him four times. Then he accepted. He gave me a letter. I took to the principal of the Bible school. After taking the letter there, the, this missionary also refused. But after a while, he went on holiday. Another missionary came, and this, this missionary took me, said, I'm going to take you. He adopted me, and his wife taught me full-time, took me and taught me different things, English and other subjects. After some years, they recommended me to go to Bible school, where I, I took three years. Before my graduation, the Lord helped me. They, the, the church requested me to start teaching there at the same Bible school. And um, after my graduation, I went into the field to, 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 do, to do church work. From there, another missionary came, and this missionary uh, requested me to go to another college, and he took me to another college. And from that college, uh, the church assigned me to teach at a Bible college, to be the principal. I was working with the missionaries. I taught there for some years. Then the Lord spoke to us, myself and my wife, to go out, resign from teaching, to go out to plant the churches. The Lord led us to Kajulu, where Tom visited us, and the Lord gave us local churches. We planted churches. Uh, there we, we planted 14 churches. Now they have pastors, they have, uh, they have the churches going on and preaching the gospel. From there, the AIM mission requested me to come abroad and stay and study 78, 1978. Well, after my studies, I went back. Uh, then I took, I went back to Kajulu, worked for some years. I took administration uh, work of the church leadership. Then I resigned from leadership. I went to the outreach, another place where we planted so many churches again. We praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for what he has been doing through his word, through your prayers. Since then, I've been supported by Christians. And that is the main reason why I, say, uh, I said I'm here to thank you. Without you, I could not do it. We could not manage but through your prayers and support, we praise God. We, we, are, we are able to continue. Yeah. And we will continue until the Lord calls us home. As I finish, I would like to share some of the prayer needs. Well, as Tom said, we need prayers for the people who work in the office. Andrea, as he said, 
Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for Tom and Yvonne. You see, it is very easy to forget Tom and Yvonne and think of us. But they are also needy. They have needs to, they have needs to be met. We have Philip serving full time. Uh, continue to pray for us. And as Tom mentioned, I have the problem eyes. I'm praying that for that, that the Lord may provide. And when I go back, I may go to the hospital for operation and pray that the operation may be successful so that I continue with the Lord's work. Uh, one of our sons is praying to go to Bible College. Pray for him that the Lord may provide. And uh, we are praying for the motorbike. We don't need to pray. We need to thank God now. Yes. Yeah? And praise Him, isn't it? Now we don't need to pray. We need to thank God and praise God for what He has what He, he, he has done. Ero Kamano. is thank you in our language. May God bless you and may you continue to serve the Lord and praise Him and reach the area as well. Thank you. Amen.